Hello and welcome to the next episode of The World Designer. I'm your host Felician and I'm here today with Peter Polgar, the lead product designer at Crisp. Happy to have you here today, Peter. Hi, uh, nice to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So, Peter, please tell me, how did you become a designer? So, how did your career start and why did you choose this path? Right, so... I mean, this, 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 the, all this happened a couple of years back. I was actually graduating as a computer scientist uh, back in Budapest, Hungary, and uh, like I, I quickly realized that I'm just not that interested in writing code, or, or rather, I'm more interested in how things work and, and especially how the software we prepare serves human needs. So um, I was, I was looking around what to do and like. How can I learn more about this? Like, how can I learn about how can I learn more about how 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 software pre- serves humans? And I quickly realized there is a specific field for this. So I was still in the university, so I I could go back and and do some extra studying in this. And like at that time, it, this was called software ergonomics, which is I don't think anybody uses this term anymore. But still, um, it 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 allowed me to to have a headway into this field and. Um, like at first I was transitioning to usability engineering, which is like, I think also not that many people use this uh, job title anymore or this role anymore. And, uh, and later I, I became a UX researcher, which was like already full in, in full in, in this, in this design field. So uh, I, I guess one thing that's, that's here is that at that time when I started out, and I, I guess that's still, that's, that's still the case that there is no specific education uh, back in Hungary for interaction design or UX design or, or UX researchers. So so most people who are working in this field are self-educated. So 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 we, we, we had to go out and 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 learn by ourselves and yeah. Yeah. And what is design to you today? Because right. I can imagine it looked a bit different when you started. Yeah, I mean, when I when I started out, I, I was thinking that this whole field is just like usability testing and and all these inspection inspection methods and and uh, and just researching what users are need to do and then uh, talk with software engineers and 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 do something together. While I also know that there is uh, plenty of people who came from a different direction, who came from a, a web design background, and then they think about. Uh, think about this whole field differently since since they came from a different background or came from came with a different perspective. So um, I'm like what design is, and I'm I specifically work in in on software products and on interaction design. So I think I have the most the clearest idea about about that part. And for for a long, I thought that um, design is just mostly rendering the intent. So so we have some sort of plan on what we want to do, and design is about um, like creating artifacts for that, like creating the UI or maybe even creating interactions or, and user flows and this sort of stuff. So, so we have some sort of plan and we are um, executing or rendering that in, uh, in, in whatever material we work on. So, so mostly this means screens or maybe if you are thinking on how software is part of a bigger service, um, Maybe maybe working on some other parts like I don't know uh, defining uh, what should go into support materials and this sort of stuff. Um, I guess these days I uh, also see that a lot of activities that we do, like uh, like user research or design research, is is 
is is still about design, but maybe less about rendering rendering the intent. It's it's more about figuring out what the intent is, and and maybe even how my previous boss uh, put it at one time. It's we are facilitating to have a shared understanding about the about the intent. So so we are helping the product teams. I mean, the engineers and the product managers and possibly other roles to figure out what we want to do before we actually start to do uh, stuff. And this figuring out what the intent is, um, I, I guess we do, uh, part of it we are doing through facilitation, but also we do it by building stuff, by creating stuff, for example, by creating prototypes about it and um, by, by showing things to, to to other people with whom we are working with, we... Uh, we can highlight better that hey, is this is this the thing that we were we were talking about? Is this what we want to do? All right, then and we can go forward and actually start uh, doing the detailed design. Yeah. And do you have a favorite sector to work with? Um, right. Um, so I, I work the most in the in the B two B and in the sort of prosumer productivity space, but. But I guess my the most interesting time was when I was working on a, on medical devices a couple of years back. Um, we we did some um, dialysis devices when I was working at B Brown, and like working on medical devices is is a I would say quite a transformative experience. So before that mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's do some usability testing. Maybe we will improve productivity. Maybe not. Um, yeah, it's fine. But but once your work um is has, has has actually an impact on people's life so if you do this thing wrong they die <laughs> that's like it's it's a it's a completely different uh um like pressure or or thinking that whatever we do here does have a serious impact on on people's life and and the outcomes in their health over a long time so 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 I think that's my favorite field to work with. It's it's health health is such an important and sensitive matter for everybody. Unfortunately, I haven't worked with healthcare since then, but but hopefully I will get back at one point in the future. Yeah, because that's the beauty of working in the healthcare sector or even in the environmental sector that you can see that your work really has a meaning. Like you can save people's lives, you can yeah make their lives better. And Ex- exactly, and um. With, with dialysis, we also seen that, like, if we are designing our products right, and this not not just means the product design, so the UX and these sort of stuff, but really how the how things systems work, really has a huge impact how uh, people with these diseases can live their life. Yes. So, and how did you use design to work on that project? Because was it that like an equipment for dialysis, or was it something else? Uh, so it was an equipment. It it, it was uh, one of these devices. So like if you go into a dialysis uh, center, you can see this like huge. Uh, it's like a fridge basically, with with lots of tubes hanging out, and there is a TV on top of it. And and we were so I was in the software division division, and we were creating the software, which was like basically the control interface. And it, yeah, it has to be designed right, and it has to be designed in a way that. Uh, that we are limiting the risk of a, of a human error, basically, and uh, like it's it's 
most possibly it's not not the human's fault, but but we have to design it right. So maybe these these nurses who are there and 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 doing the dialysis, maybe they are overwhelmed or tired, or maybe they have to use like five different machines. We also had uh, acute devices which were used in intensive care. And there it's even more important to design these things right since uh, the nurses are using like 20 different devices or even more. And and sometimes they are not using a device for several months. And they always, like, even if they get trained, when, when they get back to the device, they have to understand what's there and what what the what their decisions um, will result in. And and we have to keep we have to keep everybody from dying, basically. <laughs> nice. Like, was that your favorite project that you've worked on, or did you have another one that yeah also had a huge impact? Yeah, I guess the, my my favorite project is the one I'm working on right now. So, like, I I, I think I get quite enthusiastic and and focused yeah. on on the. On, on the user problems on on whichever project I'm working on, so so that's Crisp, um, and we are at, at Crisp we are trying to uh, solve some some fundamental problems with remote communication. Like at the beginning of the so before the 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 the, the session started, we talked about dogs barking in the background. Yeah. Like if you are working from home, that can happen, especially if you have a dog. Sometimes also <laughs> if you don't have a dog, and uh, like these are just uh, these are just painful, right? So when you have to start a meeting by apologizing on what's going in the background, that's that's not great. That's that that's friction. And and at Crisp now we are we are uh, trying to solve these sort of frictions that's happening in the in in remote communication, where where I can even say just in communication in general. So nobody should be apologizing for having a dog. So, yeah. <laughs> And how does exactly CRISP work? Um, so CRISP is a, um, right now a noise cancellation app, and we are adding more and more features to not just cancel noise, but also um, improve communication and make people more effective communicators. And it's a desktop app, and you when you install CRISP, you get a virtual microphone, and then whenever you are... Um, Using your microphone in a in a in a online software or like in a, in a video conferencing software, or even the software we are using right now to record this podcast, you can select the crisp microphone, and then your voice will first go. So whatever noise is is your microphone is picking up. Like part of it is what you are talking, but but also part of it is from the background, uh, like other people talking or dog barking or whatever. Um, so all that, all this voice or this audio signal goes through Crisp. We are, we have a, like, I don't know the exact technical uh, solutions, but we have a couple of machine learning models that, that filter out all the unnecessary stuff. And then what is filtered that, that goes into the, um, actual video conferencing software to be, to be listened to the, on the other side. I guess what's challenging, but but maybe that's more of a technical challenge, is to figure out what people intend to say and what people don't intend to say, right? So, like I showed in the beginning, that clapping that doesn't go through, but sometimes you want to go, want your clapping to go through. So that's uh, that's intention, and we have to be at have to improve our technology to um, really fit what people intend to do and tend to get heard. There are some tools that just stun people. Like mm. before I met you, I didn't know about Crisp, and yes, 
you showed me how it works already with that clapping. Like I can start clapping and you will hear it, but <laughs> if you do, right. you won't. So that's yeah, that's a very nice tool. And as you said, you're working with developers. And what would you say is the biggest problem when working with developers for designers? Mm. So where is that friction between? Right. Um yeah, I, I, I feel like there is a lot of talk about challenges for designers in, in engineering-driven cultures. And I mostly worked at tech companies, so mostly it was quite um, technology-driven. And and maybe because of my background, but I seem to have less challenges here. So so I, I, I feel, but maybe maybe we should ask the engineers on the other side, but but I usually feel that I, I, uh, I, I have an easier time to collaborate with them. But still, um, I, I think I also learned a lot in um, in some of the earlier companies I've worked for, so um, like maybe the maybe the biggest part of the friction is how these two uh, two sides operate differently. So for for developers, it's it's more about more about develop, delivery, more about constraints, cost, and, and thinking about maintenance. Even when they are creating something, they also want to create something scalable. While for the for the designers, it's uh, or, or work approach is different because also we are working maybe in a different part of the process. So um, discovery can't really fit into two week sprints, or it's very difficult to to fit um, like how we find like finding solutions for us, you know, as designers to fit into these two week sprints and and always have something ready. And uh, like I guess what what needs to be realized by both sides is like. What what the other side wants or what the other side is optimizing for, and and also that like designers are most of the time um, are in another part of the process than developers are. So so discovery is working differently than delivery. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say here. And uh, and we as designers, I think we have to uh, like. Maybe be more humble and and realize that that engineering is is better defined. It's it's a better described discipline than design is, and so we have to more we have more explaining to do about what we do, and and we have to understand what what design what developers are trying to achieve, and but we also have to teach them on what we are trying to achieve. Yeah. So would you say it's all about that communication still? A communication and also also collaboration. So, um, like, like yeah, yeah, you, you you can talk a lot about that. Hey, this is how designers work. But in yeah. the end, like we have, we, we we should try to work together very closely. So, so whenever I hear hear the word handover, like that's sometimes said that design is handing over, uh, blah to to the development. Um, I I, th- I think that somebody failed at collaborating, so so design doesn't stop when the screens are finished in Figma, and also development doesn't start when the user stories are defined. So so design should still go on when we so whenever we consider a design finished, it's usually not finished but ready to uh, ready to ready yeah, for it's delivery. It's at one stage. <laughs> Yes, and 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 we st- there is still a lot of things to to take care of afterwards. Like there are always edge cases we haven't thought about in the in the in the in the design phase. There is always uh, like uh, oh we realize that this thing doesn't work because of constraints, and then we have to redesign the thing. But but we have to work together with the developers um, on this. So um, 
so I, so I guess it's some it's in in this case it's it's about designers sort of like designers need to step up and move beyond just like the 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 very tight design phase and and we have to do uh, maybe more facilitation so leading the team leading developers and product managers uh, throughout this uh, throughout our design process rather than just keeping it ourselves and and, and doing just ourselves. And how is managing a team of designers different from managing a team of developers? Because designers mm. are the creatives, and I can imagine that you have to approach that managing a bit differently. Right. Um, so I, I must say I don't have any <laughs> don't have any experience managing managing developers. So, um, but uh, but I've seen seen engineering managers. I've seen developers. I've seen how they work together. Like I I think it's. Uh, like management in general, but maybe this is particular true for designers. It's like herding cats, and uh, especially in especially in matrix organizations with uh, with cross-functional teams. So the the ones I usually worked in, or not usually, but I worked in in the past uh, past ten years, um, because then designers are more focused on what is happening within their team and they are less focused on what is happening in the design team or, or, or overall. I guess for developers, this is easier since in each product team, there are several developers. So so maybe a product in a product team, there would be one designer and like five developers. And then the developers are team and designers are sort of alone. Mm. But but they are, they, are, they are together a team. And, and for... For designers, they have to support the goal of their product teams, but also they have to be working on some sort of unified experience for the users. That is, that is cross team, uh, across teams. So, um, yeah. So, I, so I guess the the biggest difference between maybe, but again, this is just from my perspective. I never managed developers. So the biggest biggest difference is that when you are managing a team of developers, they are working together on a daily basis. When you are managing a team of designers, they are sort of all over the place and you you have to um, you have to create these these spaces for them where they can be creative and and grow together. What would you say are the like the three things to keep in mind when managing a design team? Hmm. Right. Um, so, so I, I guess one of one of the things that I'm 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 very particular about. I I heard this from from Peter Merholtz is uh, what what he was saying at one point is that is keeping design weird, <laughs> meaning that um, and and maybe this goes back to the to the earlier sentiment of differences between designers and developers that 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 design shouldn't be the exactly the same team as as everybody else like we should have even if you have a process around creativity and innovation we should have the additional space or or spark where 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 weird things can happen where we can experiment more widely and where we can uh, uh, prototype and and figure out very very different solution so so that's that's that is maybe the the first first thing to keep in mind when managing designers. Um, the second is um, what, what what I already talked about is the difference between working on the task itself and also thinking about the unified experience that we need to create. And I think this is quite difficult, especially in uh, in these matrix organizations I've been working with. Um, since it's very easy to focus on the task at hand, which is within the product team, we have this feature to do or this project to do, I'm doing that. And it's very difficult to 
focus at the same time on how a small piece of design will fit into the to the to the larger user experience. But the users don't care about uh, who created what, and then they see the they see the app or software that that they are using as fun experience, and they don't care if uh, if one part was done by one team and another part was by, yeah. done by another team, and they will just see that when they switch to another tab or or they click on a link within the, within your application that it will just function differently, and, and like suddenly things things are very different. So, so maybe this is the second one in like how to, how to have designers deep dive into the topic they are working on while mm-hmm. keeping an eye on the, on the broader user experience. Um, and the third thing is maybe about collaboration. So, so again, um, in these sort of organizations where working cross-functional teams, collaboration is important. Like designers have to collaborate with with product managers and engineering. But I but I sometimes feel like that design is fairly inward looking. So we like to talk mm-hmm. to other designers. We like to work with other designers. But if it come when it comes to um, talking to I don't know marketing people or sales people, so other parts of of, of these mm-hmm. larger organizations, then we are we 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 don't like to talk to them that much. We don't like to reach mm-hmm. out to that much. And so I'm, I'm saying this, but I'm also, I'm also guilty of this. So, so whenever there's a party, I like to talk to designers and drink <laughs> a beer with them. But I, 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 I want to, so this is a, this is maybe a personal goal that I, I want to be more reaching out to, to other parts of the organization. And they are very interested in what design is doing. So, so they, they like to watch, uh, new designs. They like to watch new explorations. They like to learn about users. So, so we have so much to offer them, but we are less co- collaborating outside of our most immediate teams. So, so maybe that's that's an, that's the third. This, maybe this is the first third thing to keep in mind. Like we should be reaching out more to to other parts of the organizations. Yeah, like every part of the organization can bring a lot to the table, right? So, yes. It, if designers, developers, salespeople, marketing people, they yeah, they don't have to work together every day. But even if they keep that low communication somewhere in between, yep. more things can improve. There can be new innovation, etc. Like I listened to a podcast where yeah, the guy told about improving Scrum and daily stand-ups in the marketing mm. team. So he used daily stand-ups to yeah, communicate with the whole organization. So they created mm. their room on Slack and everybody from the marketing team uh, started writing three things that they are doing today. And mm. then the salespeople, the designers, they were saying like, wow, we didn't know that you are doing this. So it's really nice. And they started to engage even more with the, yeah, with the whole marketing department. And I think that's a nice concept even yeah, for other teams. Because right. if designers tell yeah, the salespeople, just send a short message in an open Slack channel mm. that we are working on this, then yeah, they can even mention, yeah, the sales guy can even mention it to a client or whatever. Right. Yeah, that, and, and that sounds about right. So we probably as designers, we should also do this thing. And yeah, and, and, and maybe one more thing here. So, so maybe, that, maybe there is a difference between uh, like this is a 
how designer role is evolving. So in the past, it was, yeah, let's create this landing page or let's do the UX for this part of the thing. It was more about this operational tasks of of creating specific artifacts. But but if we are to have a significant impact on, on whatever we are creating, we, we do have to reach out and, and think about the other parts of the experience that that, the, that or other parts of the service that the company is creating. And and sales is part of it, marketing is part of it, even HR is part of it. Yeah. So like, I mean, like I haven't uh, uh, mentioned all the different organizations, but 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 we have to work with them to create better experiences. And this just shows that design can, or I think design should be reaching out more and doing more more types of things, and not just not just UIs, of course. And Peter. How did the first days as a design manager look like for you? Oh man, that was oh that was five years ago when I was starting at Amorsis. Like the f- first first day, I mean you 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 mean you mean the first days ever I spent as a design manager or just in general? How did it look like when you started as a manager? Right. So that was a um, so that that happened when I was working at Amorsis and and before Amorsis I didn't had any. And any manager or a leadership experience, and like they they were looking for a, for somebody to come in and and build their design team, and like I was thinking that all right, I can I can probably do this. Like <laughs> I'm 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 a really smart person. I can do this, and um, and also so so in retrospective, I was extremely naive, and also um. Like I just didn't know what 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 this takes, but the, like the first like the first few days was quite easy. Um, I I had some ideas on 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 or, or have had some had some vision on on how a good team should function, and I was trying to experiment my way towards that. When I, when I say this is like I didn't have good ideas on how to how to execute on the vision I had, so I was just trying out. Uh, but even in the first days, but this this happened over the then the next three years basically yeah. i was just trying out multiple things on all right so we need some definition on design quality and then i tried out i don't know design principles then we tried out reviews and and so on so like trying out multiple things until you get very somewhere <laughs> maybe not where yeah. you wanted to get but but somewhere you always learn something new right yeah like every day and like maybe that's the thing with uh with managing people is like people are people are difficult so that's that's true when you are designing but even maybe even more true truer more true yeah. so more true when you when you are managing people and like each each person is different of course and like yeah. i'm a responsible manager so i want to serve them well and and help them grow um but yeah it's uh like people problems are difficult yeah and what would you say, what are the two things to focus on when hiring designers for your team? Yeah, um, so so when we do hiring or when, when I'm responsible for hiring, I'm, I'm usually, um, like, again, this is from the perspective of, of, yeah. of this sort of product organization where we have cross-functional teams. So we are trying to uh, find talented generalists so people who can do many things on a reasonable level, because within their product teams, they are the only designers. They have to do everything by themselves. But also, as a, I was also, also looking to grow the 
the overall design team, meaning that whoever we bring on board should bring something extra to the overall team. And mm-hmm. whether it is like ex- some type of specific knowledge, um, like somebody can be a really good uh, UI designer or maybe maybe a really good motion designer or maybe really good at surveys or something like this, or, or it can be even just increasing the the diversity of perspective and experiences the team has. So if if I would have a I know, a team of five graphic designers, I would definitely hire somebody who is more of a service designer or somebody something like this. But of course, depending on the product we are working on, but but having having a larger diversity usually helps. And so that's one thing, um, like this generalist in generalist in everything, but also specialist in one thing. Yeah. And maybe the other is. Uh, um like I, I guess humility is very important to to have like there's a there's a bunch of other uh skills and and competencies that designers should have but but maybe humility is one of the most important uh, and why do you think to... it's one of the most important ones yeah it's uh since like the the, the core idea of, of modern product design or modern ux design or however we call it is is being iterative meaning that we um that we that we have to drive new explorations by going out and getting feedback from either from peers or from users so you so you have this divergent convergence space divergent convergent phases always um and then whenever you 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 got enough feedback then you are starting a new iteration so and like that means a lot of feedback coming in and accepting in accepting feedback on its value rather than looking at it through your ego or through some yeah. confirmation biases is, is very important because otherwise you are just driving forward whatever you think is right rather than uh, understanding the possibility that you are wrong and you need to change your approach so so this is where hum- humility comes in um so if you if you have humility you 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 accept that uh that your decisions might be wrong and you need to change your approach and and your design doesn't work um and and this allows so if, if you accept this then it this allows for quickly cutting our losses and explore new directions rather than trying to push forward with something that doesn't really work that well so so yeah um i think humi- that's that's this is one of those core um soft skills that is very easy, very difficult to get better in um mm. but but i think though the pra- these practices that we uh, constantly preach like sharing early and often and exploring broadly and and getting feedback from users all all help us pushing into uh, being more acceptive uh, yeah. and you know driving our ego out of the out of the process more yeah, like I don't know if you know this book, uh, "Ego is the Enemy." No, but but, but that that sounds something I would like to read. Because basically, it's the idea of stoicism that you should put away your ego and yeah, just focus on the things that really matter. Mm. You can't change some things, and when you look at yourself from yeah another perspective. You can be better. You can improve yourself. And right. ego is all, yeah, quite often the enemy because yeah, we don't clear, yeah, we don't think clearly when it's in in between, right? Right. And 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 this sounds also like a, like a general problem when we 
a general challenge rather when we try to work with with engineering for example so that there are do there are constraints that we have to keep in mind and uh, like we can be um, angry about certain things that cannot be developed in a way we want them to develop in our designs but by collaborating we can find solutions together that is both good from the designs perspective and also acceptable from the development perspective so coming back to this this lowering friction between designers and developers do you think that surveys are good for user research (laughs) yeah we we talked about this (laughs) earlier Um, yeah so no (laughs) Uh, and i i don't know if i'm alone with this so like it it feels like i always talk to people who also agree with me that that surveys are not that great um and like erico hall has a has a really excellent a, a great article about why why we shouldn't use surveys in general and unless unless you know how to design surveys so whenever i whenever i teach uh, research it's i always ask that if there is somebody in the group who who learns social scientist science and there is always somebody i don't know why i mean like i, I can guess why but uh and but then i ask them so so how much time you have spent on 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 survey design and it turns out that these guys usually learn it for maybe several semesters or even longer because it's 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 difficult so surveys design is difficult it's it's one of the more uh, difficult research methods that we can use but it's also very easy to do so if like everybody anybody can open up uh, google forms and create a survey and send it out to users that's very very easy to do and there is this imbalance of how difficult survey design actually is and how very easy it is to execute and and because of this um like surveys are frequently producing bad data bad data and like there are so many companies who or like I'm generalizing, but but I did did meet some of these people in in life who who say that they are data driven and they are doing surveys. Now, um, being data driven is always also like sometimes concerning because data can be bad and it's that's rarely said out loud. But but with surveys, it's even worse because you have a very it's very difficult to um, to understand if a survey is good or bad. Like uh, what, what, how Eric Hall put it is like a bad interview, a bad user interview smells. You, 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 you listen to the user and you, you know that that's not right what the user is saying. But survey data, that, that doesn't smell, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, like I, 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 I guess I can rant about it for several hours, but just don't use service <laughs> if, if necessary. Like maybe one, one good way of using services in combination with other research. Uh, of research methods, but then again, we are talking about something more complicated and something that needs to be better designed. So, yeah. yeah. So don't rely only on surveys. <laughs> exactly, and especially like, hey, do you like this feature? No, that's not that's not a good survey question. Don't do that. <laughs> Peter, if you had a billion dollars to work on any problem in the world, what would you work on? Okay, that's a nice uh, hypothetical question. So, like, I think um, any problem, I, I, I would, I would definitely try to do something on climate change. It's, it seems to be such a huge challenge for humanity, for, for us as a species. Um, but, I, but I'm not sure what I would do. So, 
Um, like maybe the easiest would be that just to use the money and buy coal mines and oil <laughs> oil wells, and that's it, and not use them. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be the best uh, uh, the best way to use this much money. Um, yeah. But even with coal mines, here I will jump in because it's not so easy to close them. Like in Poland right now, we have the situation where, yeah, there is a fight between Poland and Czech mm-hmm. about closing one coal mine and yeah, one electric plant, but they can't close it because if they stop digging, uh, yeah, water will flow in and it destroy like three or four cities. Wow. And yeah, because you know it's been going on for so long, and there were already so many changes to the whole environment uh, in that area that if they stop yeah if they close everything there will be right. even more damage done in a shorter time and that's okay. also a, <laughs> yeah that's also a problem for design that has to be solved so yeah. how can we close those mines oh man and and this this also sounds like i, I guess I'm, I'm usually saying that design is design but uh, this is not the type of design i could be easily doing <laughs> <laughs> or, or or not at all. Oh well. Um, I guess the 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 challenge would be is like e- even if you have this much money, like I I'm not sure what I, what I how I would start get started on this. But I guess if if I would have this much money, I would have the time to think about this. Yeah. So closing coal mines doesn't work. Hmm. Yeah, that's the difficult part. I, like I learned about it like two weeks ago. Oh. So one billion dollar. Yeah. Maybe we can plant one billion trees, but I'm not sure how that would either work. So yeah. sc- scale will be a problem very fast. Yeah, like I think okay. with that money we could yeah somehow come up with a solution how we can close those mines. Yeah, right. Or just yeah, use the money and this... like move those four towns away from the area, like yeah, five kilometers away, and then that part is slow. Uh, and why do you like design in general um i i I guess this yeah so like like one of the one of the things uh is that that we can have an impact there and um like like on climate change and and maybe one billion dollars is unrealistic or is it but so maybe it's unrealistic but but we can have a change there or an impact there with uh with design and and maybe this is not just about design but but any other disciplines that 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 enable us as a, as humanity to build things and improve things uh, have this can this uh, can have this sort of impact but I but I feel like I'm my talent is in design and uh, and I can have the impact there so um, like I, I I feel like I I very quickly realize that if something is not working and uh, or something is not working as it should be working, and uh, and when I, whenever I do, I realize this, I, I get immediately very annoyed. So so it's good that I found like but but even I can I can get annoyed by very simple things like coffee machine uh, <laughs> user interface or, or 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 like one of these Norman doors uh, was so super annoying. And uh, and I feel like design is a good way for me to to try to solve um, 
try to solve at least some of it or try to solve at least the ones I can solve. And, and sometimes it's uh, it's about hacking something together. So if a coffee machine is very annoying, I can print a small label on how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but but working together with, with other disciplines like with engineering and product, we can also solve bigger problems together. So that's, that's great. Yeah. It always comes back to that collaboration. Like, yeah, together I mean, we have the power. <laughs> I mean, in, in theory, I could also code myself, but I also knew, know that I will never be good enough <laughs> to do anything production worthy. Um, and like, I guess all the problems that is worse, that are worth solving are, are too big for one person to solve. Yeah. And yet the last question for today, what tip would you give to someone who wants to be a manager of design teams? Manager of the design of design teams, right. Um, I, I, I guess it's... Um, so so on, 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 on one level, it boils down on on what somebody wants so like you if you want if somebody wants to do it then then they need to be clear on on why they want to be managers or what sort of uh, how does it fit with the with their values and goals like um for example for me and i'm not saying this i'm a very good example for this but for me i really like to to support people. So when I do gaming, I usually play support or healing or something like this. So Since, do I. <laughs> uh, yeah. So maybe 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 that's 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 a good uh, indicator that you could be a good manager. So since as a as a as manager, you you need to manage people, like you need to support them mm-hmm. to to enable them to, to create spaces for them so they can strive and grow. Um, so m- maybe that's one thing. So so figuring out if how does you your um how 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 does managing um align with with your values and and your goals so like i guess many people go into management because that's the only career path that they see like they because because that's how sometimes companies are set up that you can be a contributor a senior contributor and next step is management and there is uh, no other way but but more and more companies have the uh, IC track to to get to a principal or or staff designer, which is like I think it fits more people, or maybe I don't know, but but for a lot of people it fits better than management that they are forced to do, even if they don't yeah. like managing people. And the the other thing, so maybe the other tip that helped me a lot when I started to to do management, what what I what what we talked about a bit earlier is that. Um, and and I think in this sense, many, uh, designers or and and like whoever knows design methods is is lucky since you can use the same methods that you use as a designer to 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 improve your management game. Like um, you you have to have some sort of vision on where you want to go, mm-hmm. or not. You have to, but I think it's useful to have to have some sort of vision. And then you can you can do some user research, like trying to understand people and their goals and what they need and what what uh, what they are trying to achieve. And then you can prototype and explore your way until you match the user needs with the with the vision, uh, sort of. And and like having all these design and research methods are helpful in that. And like you should remind yourself to use this and i know whenever you are trying to introduce a new practice into the into your team um like you need to do some user research before then you have to design the practice in a way that it fits with people but also tries to go forward yeah 
So, so very similar to, to designing uh, experiences, but you are designing your team. Awesome. So, Peter, that was really great. Please tell me, where can people find you? All right, um, Copenhagen, I guess, <laughs> where I'm where I'm based right now. But I, I don't think you asked that you asked this. So, like, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, like, if anybody wants to add me, like, please go ahead, make a note that you are. I'm adding you because of this, and I'm happy to happy to chat on about anything. Uh, I'm sometimes on Twitter, not as much as I I want, but also I'm happy that I don't have that much time to be on Twitter somehow. Um, and and I also have a website that I update like every month or so. <laughs> Again, something I wish I could be doing more, but uh, but then life happens. Yeah, life happens everywhere. <laughs> so thank you for today and see ya. Thank you for having me and uh, yeah, see you. This podcast is brought to you by Elite Crew, the software house that helps designers shape the world. If you need help with your project or want to consult technical matters, just drop us a message at elitecrew.io. We'll be happy to help.